0: So we had more jobs last month, 169,000 more, and fewer Americans who had jobs last month, 115,000 fewer. Wow, that's a weird month certainly applies here. Doug Handler at IHS Global Insight says this sort of weirdness happens because the numbers come from different places. In what's called the Household Survey, 60,000 households are asked how many adults were working last month. The data crunchers extrapolate to the whole workforce. That's how they estimate the number of people with jobs. In what's called the Establishment Survey, half a million business and government workplaces are asked how many people were on the payroll. That's how they estimate the number of new jobs. So in this morning's report on both surveys, the job numbers were down and up, depending. It is just sort of sampling noise. Tom Nardone at the Bureau of Labor Statistics says each survey has a margin of error. In the case of the household survey, it's nearly 400,000. So it might sound odd, but the minus 115 is not statistically different from the number from the payroll survey. OK, it does sound really odd. But the point is, Nardone says, when you look over a whole year, the two surveys tend to even out and agree which the Federal Reserve already knows as it decides whether the job market's strong enough to survive a cutback in monetary stimulus, says John Canali at LPL Financial.
1: And if you put it all together, the economy is adding jobs at a relatively
0: modest pace. That's a story that's been consistent since the recovery began. I'm Mitchell Hartman for Marketplace.
1: This is one of those jobs reports, and this is one of those weeks where a minute and a half just isn't going to do it. So we are going to go a little bit longer here. Here to do that with us are Cardiff Garcia from the blog FT Alphaville. He is at Marketplace East, our New York studios. Neela Richardson from Bloomberg Government is in Washington, D.C. Hey, guys.
2: Hi, Kai. Hey, Kai. Cardiff, what do you think? Was I too strong with lame Not too strong at all. All There really wasn't, wasn't a whole lot on, in this jobs report to be happy about. The revisions downward were especially worrying. But you know what really makes it bad isn't even the headline number, right? That 169,000. It's that we know that support the pace of support from the Federal Reserve is set to slow down soon and there's no other, there's no other kind of help coming well, the government's certainly not going to help and if anything it's been actively hurting so this is this is a really bad report i don't see anything to cheer about all right let's talk about that pace of
1: support neela this is that thing called quantitative easing the fed's bond buying program 85 billion dollars we've all heard those statistics it is supposed to or or we all widely believe that the fed's going to start tapering it off uh, next month or maybe even this month. Is this going to change that at all?
3: No, it doesn't have to, Kai. Hmm. Uh, the Fed has made two commitments uh, so far. It said that it's going to start tapering by the end of the year, mm-hmm. but it won't do so until the labor market is strong enough. What this jobs report tells us is that the labor market is just not, there's too much uncertainty and it's not strong enough for a tapering path to be anything but Bumpy. It will not be smooth, and we can expect there might be pauses, even reversals in tapering. It won't be a smooth path to the end of the stimulus. Are you
1: kidding me? You think they're going to reverse the taper? I can't even believe I'm. This is like metaphysics here. They're going to
2: reverse the taper. The markets, Cardiff, would go bananas. It, it would be weird, but it can't be ruled out, and one of the reasons why is that Bernanke and the Federal Reserve haven't done a good job of communicating exactly how it is that they're going to taper. Yeah. They haven't specifically tied it to conditions in the economy and in the market. They've just given a little bit of guidance, so it's very possible, especially when you consider that Bernanke's term as chairman is set to end in January of next year, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of other members of the board that are going to be changing positions, so I, I think it's very possible that that we really don't know what's going to happen uh, in the near term. It's very, it's very uncertain. I think Neela makes a great point.
1: Man, that's crazy. That people are going to go bonkers,
2: and, and you heard it here first. All right. Well, speaking of you know things that are going to happen this
1: fall, Neela, uh, we're going to have a new chairman of the Fed named at some point. There are going to be votes on uh, the debt limit and funding the government, and now this week, all this or the past two weeks, all this Syria stuff. How much does what's happening with Syria, not the politics of it, but the the Washingtonness of it, affect What's going to go on in the economy and things that that the three of us, you know, cover?
3: You know... The projections of what a potential Syrian attack would be is about a billion dollars. That's not a lot of money when you look at the entire government budget. So, in terms of what is expected for the economy, uh, just the numbers, you don't see a big effect. But the effect in terms of the psychological damage, mm. the uncertainty—of course, we're going to see that read into into uh, the economy. And also, what happens on Capitol Hill? There's a lot going on this month, Kai. We still have. To